Section 6. Wherein is considered what is meant by the glory of God and the name of God in Scripture, when spoken of as God's ends in His works. Having thus considered, what are spoken of in the Holy Scriptures, as the ends which God had ultimately in view in the creation of the world, I now proceed particularly to inquire what they are, and how the terms are to be understood. 1. Let us begin with a phrase, the glory of God, and here I might observe, that it is sometimes used to signify the second person in the Trinity. But it is not necessary, at this time, to prove it from particular passages of Scripture. Omitting this, I proceed to observe some things concerning the Hebrew word not English which is most commonly used in the Old Testament, where we have the word glory in the English Bible. The root it comes from, is either the verb, not English which signifies to be heavy, or make heavy, or from the adjective not English which signifies heavy or weighty. These, as seems pretty manifest, are the primary signification of these words, though they have also other meanings, which seem to be derivative. The noun not English signifies gravity, heaviness, greatness, and abundance. Of very many places it will be sufficient to specify a few. Proverbs 27 3. 2 Samuel 14 26. 1 Kings 12 11. Psalm 38 4. Isaiah 30 27. And as the weight of bodies arises from two things, density and magnitude, so we find the word used to signify dense. Exodus 19.16. Not English noobs gravis, vogue. Densissima, a dense cloud. And is very often used for great. Isaiah 32.2. Genesis 5.9. 1 Kings 10.2. 2 Kings 6.14 and 18.17. Isaiah 36.2 etc. The Hebrew word not English which is commonly translated glory is used in such a manner as might be expected from the signification of the words from whence it comes. Sometimes it is used to signify what is internal, inherent, or in the possession of the person and sometimes for emanation, exhibition, or communication of this internal glory and sometimes for the knowledge, or sense of these, in those to whom the exhibition or communication is made. Or an expression of this knowledge, sense or effect. And here I would note, that agreeable to the use of this word in the Old Testament, is the Greek word not English in the New. For as the word not English is generally translated by the just mentioned Greek word not English in the Septuagint. So it is apparent, that this word is designed to be used to signify the same thing in the New Testament with the other in the Old. This might be abundantly proved, by comparing particular places of the Old Testament. But probably it will not be denied. I therefore proceed particularly to consider these words, with regard to their use in Scripture, in each of the aforementioned ways. 1. The word glory denotes sometimes what is internal. When the word is used to signify what is within, or in the possession of the subject, it very commonly signifies excellency, dignity, or worthiness of regard. This, according to the Hebrew idiom, is, as it were, the weight of a thing, as that by which it is heavy. As to be light, is to be worthless, without value, contemptible. Num 21 5. This light bread. 1 Samuel 18 2 3. Seemeth it a light thing. Judges 9 4 light persons, 1 e. Worthless, vain, vile persons. So Zephaniah 3 4. To set light by is to despise, 2 Samuel 19 43.
Belshazzar's vileness in the sight of God is represented by his being Tekel, weighed in the balances and found light, Daniel 5:27. And as the weight of a thing arises from its magnitude, and its specific gravity conjunctly. So the word glory is very commonly used to signify the excellency of a person or a thing, as consisting either in greatness, or in beauty, or in both conjunctly. As will abundantly appear by considering the places referred to in the margin. Sometimes that internal, great and excellent good, which is called glory, is rather in possession, than inherent. Anyone may be called heavy, that possesses an abundance. And he that is empty and destitute, may be called light. Thus we find riches are sometimes called glory. Genesis 31:1. And of that which was our fathers hath he gotten all this glory. Esther 5:11. Haman told them of the glory of his riches. Psalm 49:16, 17. Be not afraid when one is made rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he deeth, he shall carry nothing away, his glory shall not descend after him. Nahum 2:9. Take ye the spoil of silver, take the spoil of gold. For there is none end of the store and glory out of the pleasant furniture. And it is often put for a great height of prosperity, and fullness of good in general. Genesis 45:13. You shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt. Job 19:9. He hath stripped me of my glory. Isaiah 10:3. Where will you leave your glory? Verse 16. Therefore shall the Lord of hosts send among his fat ones leanness, and under his glory shall he kindle a burning, like the burning of a fire. Isaiah 17:3, 4. The kingdom shall cease from Damascus, and the remnant of Syria. They shall be as the glory of the children of Israel. And in that day, it shall come to pass, that the glory of Jacob shall he made thin, and the fatness of his flesh shall be made lean. Isaiah 21:16. And all the glory of Keter shall fail. Isaiah 61 6. Ye shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall ye boast yourselves. Chapter 11, 12. That ye may milk out, and be delighted with the abundance of her glory. I will extend peace to her, like a river, and the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. Hosea 9 11. As for Ephraim, their glory shall fly away as a bird. Matthew 4 8. Show with him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. Luke 24 26. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things, and to enter into his glory? John 17:22. And the glory which thou gavest me, have I given them. Romans 5 1 And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Chapter 8 18. The sufferings of this present time, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. See also chapter 2 7, 10 and 2 7, 10 and 9 23. 1 Corinthians 2 7. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world, unto our glory. 2 Corinthians 4 17. Worketh out for us a far more exceeding arid eternal weight of glory. Ephesians 1 18. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. 1 Pet 4.13 But rejoice, inasmuch as ye are made partakers of Christ's sufferings. That when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Chapter 1.8 Ye rejoice, with joy unspeakable and full of glory.
2. The word glory is used in scripture often to express the exhibition, emanation, or communication of the internal glory. Hence it often signifies an effulgence, or shining brightness, by an emanation of beams of light. Thus the brightness of the sun, and moon, and stars, is called their glory, in 1 Corinthians 15:41. But in particular, the word is very often thus used, when applied to God and Christ. As in Ezekiel 1:28, As the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of rain, so was the appearance of the brightness round about. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. In chapter 10:4, Then the glory of the Lord went up from the cherub, and stood over the threshold of the house, and the house was filled with the cloud, and the court was full of the brightness of the Lord's glory. Isaiah 6 1, 2, 3. I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphim, and one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. Compared with John 12 41. These things said Isaiah, when he saw his glory and spake of him. Ezekiel 43 2. And behold the glory of the God of Israel came from the way of the east. And the earth shined with his glory. Isaiah 24 23. Then the moon shall be confounded, and the sun ashamed, when the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion, and in Jerusalem, and before his ancients gloriously. Isaiah 61 2. Arise. Shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold the darknesses shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Together with verse 19. The sun shall be no more thy light by day, neither for brightnesses shall the moon give light unto thee but the Lord shall be unto thee an everlasting light, and thy God thy glory. Luke 2 9. The glory of the Lord shone round about them. Acts 22:11. And when I could not see for the glory of that light. In 2 Corinthians 3:7. The shining of Moses' face is called the glory of his countenance. And to this Christ's glory is compared, verse 18. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image, from glory to glory. And so chapter 4:4. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Verse 6. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 1:3. Who is the brightness of his glory? The Apostle Peter, speaking of that emanation of exceeding brightness, from the bright cloud that overshadowed the disciples in the Mount of Transfiguration, and of the shining of Christ's face at that time, says, 2 Peter 1:17, For he received from God the Father honor and glory, when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Revelation 18:1. Another angel came down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. Revelation 21:11 Having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most precious like a jasper stone clear as crystal Verse 23 And the city had no need of the sun nor of the moon to shine in it for the glory of God did lighten it 
see the word for a visible effulgence or emanation of light in the places to be seen in the margin. The word glory, as applied to God or Christ, sometimes evidently signifies the communications of God's fullness, and means much the same thing with God's abundant goodness and grace. So Ephesians 3:16, That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. The expression, according to the riches of his glory, is apparently equivalent to that in the same epistle, chapter 1-7. According to the riches of his grace. And chapter 2-7. The exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us, through Christ Jesus. In like manner is the word glory used in Philippians 4:19. But my God shall supply all your need, according to his riches and glory, by Christ Jesus. And Romans 9:23. And that he might make known the riches of his glory, on the vessels of his mercy. In this and the foregoing verse, the apostle speaks of God's making known two things, his great wrath, and his rich grace. The former on the vessels of wrath, verse 22. The latter, which he calls the riches of his glory, on the vessels of mercy, verse 23. So when Moses says, I beseech thee show me thy glory. God granting his request, makes answer, I will make all my goodness to pass before thee. Exodus 33:18-19. What we find in John 12:23-32 is worthy of particular notice in this place. The words and behavior of Christ, of which we have here an account, argue two things. 1. That the happiness and salvation of men, was an end that Christ ultimately aimed at in his labor and sufferings. The very same things which were observed before, chapter 2nd, section 3rd, concerning God's glory, are in the same manner observable, concerning the salvation of men. Christ, in the near approach of the most extreme difficulties which attended his undertaking, comforts himself in a certain prospect of obtaining the glory of God, as his great end. And at the same time, and exactly in the same manner, is the salvation of men mentioned, as the end of these great labor and sufferings which satisfied his soul in the prospect of undergoing them. Compare the 23rd and 24th verses, and also the 28th and 29th verses. Verse 31 and 32. 2. The glory of God, and the emanations and fruits of his grace in man's salvation, are so spoken of by Christ on this occasion in just the same manner, that it would be quite unnatural to understand him as speaking of two distinct things. Such is the connection that what he says of the latter, must most naturally be understood as exegetical of the former. He first speaks of his own glory, and the glory of his Father, as the great end that should be obtained by what he was about to suffer. And then explains and amplifies this, in what he expresses of the salvation of men that shall be obtained by it. Thus, in the 23rd verse, he says, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. And in what next follows, he evidently shows how he was to be glorified, or wherein his glory consisted verily, verily, I say unto you, except the corn of wheat fall into the ground, and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. As much fruit is the glory of the seed, so is the multitude of redeemed ones, which should spring from his death, his glory. So concerning the glory of his Father, in the twenty-seventh and following verses, now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour.
Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven, saying, I have both glorified it, and will glorify it again. In an assurance this, which this voice declared, Christ was greatly comforted and his soul even exalted under the view of his approaching sufferings. And what this glory was, in which Christ's soul was so comforted on this occasion, his own words plainly show. When the people says, it thundered. And others said, an angel spake to him. Then Christ tells them what this voice meant. Verse 30-32 Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. By this behavior and these speeches of our Redeemer, it appears, that the expressions of divine grace, in the sanctification and happiness of the redeemed, are especially that glory of his, and his Father, which was the joy that was set before him, for which he endured the cross, and despised the shame and that this glory especially was the end of the travail of his soul, in obtaining which end he was satisfied. Isaiah 53:10-11. This is agreeable to what has been just observed, of God's glory being so often represented by an effulgence, or emanation, or communication of light, from a luminary or fountain of light. What can so naturally and aptly represent the emanation of the internal glory of God? Or the flowing forth and abundant communication of that infinite fullness of good that is in God? Light is very often in scripture put for comfort, joy, happiness, and for good in general. 3. Again, the word glory, as applied to God in scripture, implies the view or knowledge of God's excellency. The exhibition of glory is to the view of beholders. The manifestation of glory, the emanation or effulgence of brightness, has relation to the eye. Light or brightness is a quality that has relation to the sense of seeing. We see the luminary by its light. And knowledge is often expressed in scripture by light. The word glory very often in scripture signifies, or implies, honor, as anyone may soon see by casting his eye on a concordance. But honor implies the knowledge of the dignity and excellency of him who hath the honor. And this is often more especially signified by the word glory, when applied to God. Numbers 14:21. But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, 1 e. All the inhabitants of the earth shall see the manifestations I will make of my perfect holiness and hatred of sin, and so of my infinite excellence. This appears by the context. So Ezekiel 39 21, 22, 23. And I will set my glory among the heathen, and all the heathen shall see my judgment that I have executed, and my hand that I have laid upon them. So the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God. And the heathen shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity. And it is manifest in many places, where we read of God glorifying himself, or of his being glorified, that one thing, directly intended, is making known his divine greatness and excellency. 4. Again, glory, as the word is used in scripture, often signifies or implies praise. This appears from what was observed before, that glory very often signifies honor, which is much the same thing with praise, namely, high esteem and the expression of it in words and actions and it is manifest that the words glory and praise, are often used as equivalent expressions in scripture. 
Psalm 50:23. Whoso offereth praise, glorifieth me. Psalm 22:23. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye seed of Israel, glorify him. Isaiah 42:8. My glory I will not give unto another, nor my praise to graven images. Verse XLII 12. Let them give glory unto the Lord, and declare his praise in the islands. Isaiah 48:9-11. For my name's sake will I defer mine anger. For my praise will I refrain for thee. For mine own sake will I do it. For, I will not give my glory unto another. Jeremiah 13:11. That they might be unto me for a people, and for a name, and for a praise, and for a glory. Ephesians 1 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace. Verse 12. To the praise of his glory. So verse 14. The phrase is apparently equivalent to this, Philippians 1:11, Which are by Jesus Christ unto the praise and glory of God. 2 Corinthians 4:15, That the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving of many, redound to the glory of God. It is manifest the praise of God as the phrase is used in scripture, implies the high esteem and love of the heart, exalting thoughts of God, and complacence in his excellence and perfection. This is manifest to everyone acquainted with the scripture. However, if any need satisfaction, they may, among innumerable other places which might be mentioned, turn to those in the in the margin. It also implies joy in God, or rejoicing in his perfections, as is manifest by Psalm 33 too. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Other passages to the same purpose, see in the margin. How often do we read of singing praise? But singing is commonly an expression of joy. It is called, making a joyful noise. And as it is often used, it implies gratitude or love to God for his benefits to us. To having thus considered what is implied in the phrase, the glory of God as we find it used in scripture. I proceed to inquire what is meant by the name of God. God's name and his glory, at least very often, signify the same thing in scripture. As it has been observed concerning the glory of God, that it sometimes signifies a second person in the Trinity. The same might be shown of the name of God, if it were needful in this place. But that the name and glory of God are often equipollent expressions, is manifest by Exodus 33:18-19, When Moses says, I beseech thee, show me thy glory, and God grants his request, he says, I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. Psalm 8:1, O Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth! Who hast set thy glory above the heavens? Psalm 79:9. Help us! O God of our salvation, for the glory of thy name! and deliver us, and purge away our sins for thy name's sake. Psalm 102.15 So the heathen shall fear the name of the Lord, and all the kings of the earth thy glory. Psalm 148.13 His name alone is excellent, and his glory is above the earth and heaven. Isaiah 48.9 For my name's sake will I defer mine anger, and for my praise will I refrain for thee. Verse 11 for mine own sake, even for mine own sake will I do it for how should my name be polluted? And I will not give my glory unto another. Isaiah 59 19. 
they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west, and his glory from the rising of the sun. Jeremiah 13:11. That they might be unto me for a name, and for a praise, and for a glory. As glory often implies the manifestation, publication, and knowledge of excellency, and the honor that anyone has in the world. So does name. Genesis 11:4. Let us make us a name. Deuteronomy 26:19. And to make thee high above all nations, in praise, in name, and in honor. So it is evident, that by name is sometimes meant much the same thing as praise, by several places which have been just mentioned, as Isaiah 48:9, Jeremiah 13:11, Deuteronomy 26:19 and also by Jeremiah 33 9. And it shall be unto me for a name, a praise, and an honor, before all the nations of the earth, which shall hear of all the good I do unto them. Zephaniah 3:20. I will make you a name and a praise among all people of the earth. And it seems that the expression or exhibition of God's goodness is especially called his name, in Exodus 33:19. I will make all my goodness pass before thee and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. And chapter 5, 6, 7. And the Lord descended in the cloud, and stood with him there, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him, and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, gracious and merciful, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, etc., and the same illustrious brightness and effulgence in the pillar of cloud that appeared in the wilderness and dwelt above the mercy seat in the tabernacle and temple, or rather the spiritual, divine brightness and effulgence represented by it, so often called the glory of the Lord, is also often called the name of the Lord. Because God's glory was to dwell in the tabernacle, therefore he promises, Exodus 29:43, There will I meet with the children of Israel, and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. And the temple was called the house of God's glory. Isaiah 67. In like manner, the name of God is said to dwell in the sanctuary. Thus we often read of the place that God chose, to put his name there or, as it is in the Hebrew, to cause his name to inhabit there. So it is sometimes rendered by our translators. As Deuteronomy 12:11, Then there shall be a place which the Lord your God shall choose to cause his name to dwell there. And the temple is often spoken of as built for God's name. And in Psalm 74 7, the temple is called the dwelling place of God's name. The mercy seat in the temple was called the throne of God's name or glory. Jeremiah 14 21. Do not abhor us, for thy name's sake do not disgrace the throne of thy glory. Here God's name and his glory seem to be spoken of as the same. Stillwater's Revival Books is now located at PuritanDownloads.com. It's your worldwide online Reformation home for the very best in free and discounted classic and contemporary Puritan and Reformed books, MP3s, and videos. For much more information on the Puritans and Reformers, including the best free and discounted classic and contemporary books, MP3s, digital downloads, and videos, please visit Stillwater's Revival Books at PuritanDownloads.com. Stillwater's Revival Books also publishes the Puritan Hard Drive, the most powerful and practical Christian study tool ever produced. 
All thanks and glory be to the mercy, grace, and love of the Lord Jesus Christ for this remarkable and wonderful new Christian study tool. The Puritan hard drive contains over 12,500 of the best Reformation books, MP3s, and videos ever gathered onto one portable Christian study tool. An extraordinary collection of Puritan, Protestant, Calvinistic, Presbyterian, Covenanter, and Reformed Baptist resources. It's fully upgradable and it's small enough to fit in your pocket. The Puritan hard drive combines an embedded database containing many millions of records with the most amazing and extraordinary custom Christian search and research software ever created. The Puritan hard drive has been produced to assist you in the fascinating and exhilarating spiritual, intellectual, familial, ecclesiastical, and societal adventure that is living the Christian life. It has been specifically designed so that you might more faithfully know, serve, and love the Lord Jesus Christ, as well as to help you to do all you can to bring glory to His great name. If you want to love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, then the Puritan hard drive is for you. Visit PuritanDownloads.com today for much more information on the Puritan hard drive and to take advantage of all the free and discounted Reformation and Puritan books, MP3s, and videos that we offer at Stillwater's Revival Books.